This is Infection, the survival podcast, recorded live on Tuesday, February 15th, 2022, episode 307. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of Infection, the survival podcast. Infection is your source for the latest information on survival video games. My name is Nick Craig. You can check out my social media profiles by visiting nickcraig.com. If you want to check out my daily political antics, you can check out nickcraig.com and also check out the Wilmington's Morning News podcast wherever your podcasts are available. But of course, I cannot embark on this adventure alone into the uh, wonderful world of survival video games in a with a very survival background. Brian oh, yeah. Aldrich. Hey, Brian. How are you? I am doing well. Hello. And uh, if, first of all, let's get some contact information out of the way. If you want to find me at Brian Aldridge on Gab, Parlor, Getter, and then probably whatever else we get in the future here. <laughs> we'll see. I'm sure we're going to have a couple of different social media platforms cycling through in the next three. Why don't we create years. our own? Hey, we might as well just do our own. Infection now. social. We'll figure it. <laughs> Infect your friends. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. How can you not like it? Yeah. Uh, of course, if you, want, if you want to find my blog, biteoftech.com. Uh, but first, go to our website. If you go to infectionpodcast.com, on the right-hand side, you can join our server on Discord. If you're interested in playing ARC, for instance, we got, I don't know, I think nine ARC servers running right now or 10. I don't know. We're something like that. Uh, a lot going on with that. And then people can post news topics. Perhaps there's a game we're not covering, something that you think we should be covering. Jump on there and uh, and submit that link into the news channel because then we review that before the live show and you can get some of those things inserted into the, the show notes. Um, if you want to watch the show, you can do that through Twitch, YouTube, Issue, and DLive. Um, you know, we got the audio forms at the lower right-hand side. So whatever platform device you want to listen to the show on, you can do that. Uh, there's lots of choices there. And most of them, I can tell, is all free. Uh, and then if you're going to listen, I encourage you to follow along in the show notes because we've got a lot of links for videos, for articles, um, maybe PDFs of, of reference material, different things that you can access there. Everything that we discuss on the show that we reference, we put a link to in there. So uh, if you are listening, that's a really helpful use. Uh, if you want to support the show, just go to the top. We've got a support tab or you go to infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Uh, people give Prime Gaming subs, Humble Bundles, um, Amazon Prime all kinds of different things that you can do. Subscribe star. If you're interested in, in supporting the show to where next time we go to the convention and, and do all those things, we, uh, we use those funds for place to stay and equipment. So looking forward to maybe someday being in person again. Yeah. If we're, Outside uh, of our own personal time. Yeah. If we're not run out of wherever, uh, wherever that, uh, <laughs> yeah. that might end up being, which, uh, cat's still out of the bag on that. Uh, thank you, Brian. Uh, as always, well, here is an interesting way to start off the program, a game that really, I think, <laughs> Brian, I, as you, as you know, much me, from it. I am not somebody to brag. I am not yeah. somebody to sit here and toot my own horn. <laughs> I am never horn. somebody to sit yeah. here and pat myself on the back for the great job that I do day in and day out. <laughs> never have I ever been somebody to do that. Mm-hmm. But in the case of Cyberpunk 2077... Yeah. In all, now, t- putting all the putting all the jokes aside, I think you and I pretty much nailed Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven head on. I think there was this yeah pretty idea quickly that, into it this notion that it was going to be Grand Theft Auto, it was going to be Witcher. It's by the same people that do Witcher. It's going to be Skyrim. It's going to be Red Dead. It's going to be this kind of game. And now I will say there are a lot of people that have really enjoyed Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. But for a lot of yeah. other people, it has not been quite the experience that they were hoping for as the game was rampant with bugs and issues. It's been out over a year. It came out December 10th, 2020. That's when it first uh, launched. So it has now been out just over a year. And they have finally, after 12, 13, almost 14 months at this point, finally released a big update in which they're calling it the next gen update of course some of that coming in correlation with the next generation consoles but yeah. this seems like it might be the potentially the adrenaline boost that yes. a game like this really needs because looking yep. at the player count prior to 
well, really today when this came out, this game was struggling to pull 10,000 people playing it. Now, of course, this is on just Steam DB. The game is available on other platforms as well. But a game, when you look at the top 10 games that are being played on Steam right now, you're looking at um, games like Grand Theft Auto, which is from 2011 that has 60,000 people playing it as we speak. So that's the kind of the kind of competition that we're talking to, um, or excuse me, the competition that we're referencing. They did release a video in conjunction with this massive update. It's called the yep. Next Gen Update Launch Trailer. So I think we uh, start off with that, and we will discuss right after this. Night City. Oh, man, man, I fucking love it. I was born here. I live here and downright refuse to die anywhere else. What the? One hundred and seventy people were killed in a cyber psycho attack. Shots Listen, kid. If there's one thing I can tell you about this city, you either love it or want to burn it. No middle ground. Coming here is a crash course in the survival of the fittest, the greediest, the most vile, and most corrupted gonks. See this badge? That means I can do whatever the fuck I want. But behind the blinding lights, and all of the rot, you might just discover a beauty that can only be found here. Night City is full of love, friendships, and family ties that run deeper than any cyberware eddies can buy. Zapper dumples and filth. In some ways, Night City never changes. City's promise. Not everyone's buying it. But if you want to know for sure, you just need to try it for yourself. So, not much of a um, gameplay trailer, more as a, essentially a full video game launch trailer coming in at just about two and a half minutes for that. I just pulled up yep. my uh, Steam library so I could look at this. The last time I played Cyberpunk 2077 was January the 13th, 2021. So at this point, it's been 13 months since I've played it. Um, I did log just over 24 hours in the game. Obviously, I did not finish it. I don't believe I came yep. anywhere near finishing it. Um, but I just seemed like I like Probably because you're doing a lot of side quests. Like, I finished the, one of the storylines. Of it, yeah. and it felt like it, Bingo, it felt boom, pretty short because I wasn't expecting just to hit it at that point. Like I was expecting more, and all of a sudden, like, oh, game over. You know, roll credits. Here's things that could have possibly happened if you talked to more people, and it lists them off. I uh, do quickly want to thank our friend Big Woody Sauce and UGX Vibe both for hitting us up with the resubscriptions here on Twitch. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And uh, Brian, I'm trying to think of for, for my vantage point. I think I just kind of, I think I just kind of lost interest. Um, yeah. I guess maybe well, there you know, were a lot of bugs of, back then. That's part of it because yes, things there were a be lot operating of how you expect the AI was really messed up. Part of what I love about uh, Rockstar and how they did GTA is you go into the city and you can just start doing stuff and it's fun thing. It doesn't break everything like, you know, the, it's maybe traffic will get messed up, but the game continues. Cops will start chasing. You can kind of play that meta and just run on and do something else later uh, with this. You start messing with stuff and like, place just starts falling apart or did then you know cars start flying ai starts whacking out and doing things it was just a mess and i think now uh do you want to do you want to start going over some of the things that they corrected in this because yeah things that they, should have been i think day one that would have made this the game that people expected and well let me not maybe not expect i think people were expecting something beyond rockstar 
you know, in well, some people's minds. But I think oh, it gave them oh, a real. This is a realistic game. Hold on, I want to. I want to. I want you to reiterate your statement here. People mm -hmm. were expecting something based off of the expectations that CD Projekt Red, I think, set. Set. Yeah. Now, not yeah, all of it is. They, they not all of it is it on them. Not all of it is on them. There is no question about it. There is some. We've covered this a lot some uh fault at the hands of the community for overhyping the game but i remember back yeah. to pax west in 2019 when this game was supposed to come out when they last minute canceled their their showing for the game yeah yeah and you know they had a big party planned and everything of that nature i still have the the uh, yellow cyberpunk 2077 cups they were giving out but this was expected to be the game of 2020 this was going to be the game of all games and looking at the player count right now and looking at just kind of the quick i mean you're talking about at least just from my vantage point brian the game came out on december 10th by january the 14th i was already done playing it now i did log yeah. a day worth of play time in that in that period but i should be able to be hooked to a game it should want to be hooked to a game like cyberpunk for more Especially than a month. This, yeah this open world style yeah, where exactly. you can go and pick up quests i mean that's Look at how much later people are playing GTA 5. People are still playing it to this day, every day. Um, and I think that that's what they're aiming for. I think that some of these changes are with that in mind. Remember, they're still talking about doing multiplayer. I think that's the ultimate goal. Because one thing that they do, I think a little bit better, is how they allow modding. I think that the modding in here is more seamless than it is definitely with GTA. Um, and so I think that for here, where they embrace modding, and with GTA where they don't, I think that they have an opportunity here to really create just a system, kind of like what they did with some with Witcher and things like that. They don't have to continue putting out a lot of updates for Witcher, their you know, their Witcher game, because mm. modders are constantly adding new quests, adding new characters, adding graphics improvements, all of those things because they set up a healthy back-end system that people could mod on. I think that's where they're going with this. And I, I hope that eventually they'll maybe go to an online version of that where you can create, because I think this game is for role players. I just Because that's what the GTA community is. It's a bunch of role players. It's not people playing GTA online. The people that are really playing that game are the ones playing on role play. It, and I do think that is the thing. And, and But unfortunately, and, and let's be clear, when Grand Theft Auto first came out, the multiplayer was not immediately available. Same thing with no. Red Dead Redemption. And same thing with Cyberpunk. My... Only concern here, Brian, is we are now 14 months into the launch of this game. We just received yep. a big content update. Presumably, they've been working yep. on these changes. And by the way, uh, if we remember when we used to do this in the old uh, H1Z1 days, we'd go through and see how long it would take, how many pages this would be to print out. Well, Brian <laughs> the, just did yeah, that. This would, be, this would be an 18-page printout, you know, plus or minus yeah. a couple of pages for the footer and the header. There is a copious yep. amount of stuff in here. I would yep. guess the multiplayer is probably not anywhere near a level where it needs to be. Um, no. And I can tell you this, and I do want to get into some of these big changes, but before, if they don't really buckle down and do this multiplayer right and the multiplayer release mm -hmm. is just as shitty as the full game release, this game is going to be dead. If it's not already yeah. dead, I'm not sure that it can necessarily be revitalized anyway. But if they do a, I think another, I think if they do if a they, half if they have job, modding right, other yeah. people will save it. They won't save it. People will continue playing it and modding it and doing things as long as they keep the game running. Uh, you know, if they put enough modding in, there is a lot of modding support there for this already. But if yeah. they, even if they let it go, if they had some sort of multiplayer thing that kind of barely worked, <laughs> modders modders would probably fix it and they'd probably continue playing some crazy game modes on it. I don't know. I just I think that. There's an opportunity if they just take it, keep moving forward with this. They've taken some time to really put in work without sitting there constantly promising things to people. I, that's what I hate is when you get a company. And I think this is where they kind of, as you said, stepped, stepped in a little bit early on, promising a little bit too much. And then people took it and ran with it and applied every single version of what they thought. Just like with uh, uh, No Man's Sky. I mean, it was the exact, they promised, overpromised, And then people just took everything and plus added to it. You know, yeah. everything they wanted. Uh, and so I think here, now people have a realistic expectation of this. They've added RT. Well, let's go. Let's start going into yeah. some of this. Yeah, this because is there's the, things um, that weren't included in the original game that should have been on a AAA title. But I don't think this was released as, and I think you agree, was not released as a AAA title. 
uh, no, it, it was definitely not on the level it was, of AAA. It was definitely not completed. By the way, if you're an audio listener, we'll have a link to this in our show notes on infectionpodcast.com. Yeah. They put out a nice little TLDR document. Um, I'm going to zoom in on this so that we can actually take a look yeah. at, at exactly what we're seeing. So where do we want to start off here for uh, the well, first let's, row? Let's go and go from the top down. So okay, new weapons. I'm going to talk. I'm going to look at this chart really quick. So new weapons we've got on all platforms. This is really showing you his stadia. Uh, and Xbox One and PS4 all kind of have these different uh, release dates. So you can see where uh, Ray Traced uh, on the Xbox Series X and the PS5, that's now supported um, for visual improvements. The Xbox Series and the PS5 will get those. All, some of the old consoles aren't going to be getting some of these features, but I think that's what they need to do. They need to start mm. leaving that behind because you're holding back the game visually. And eventually, people aren't going to have these old consoles anymore, and, and they're going to be stuck in an old engine. So I think this patch is really good. Um, let's look at some of the things. First of all, the the, the next-gen exclusive are those ray-traced. They also um, implemented some native, native achievement support that next-gen consoles use for this. Uh, they have a performance mode, which will make sure that all the settings get it to where you can do 60 FPS with dynamic 4K scaling. So it's going to make it to where if you have a 4K screen, it will upscale or do whatever to make sure that you hit 60 frames per second. And then they've added the ray tracing mode into this. I'm going to, I have, I have both Xboxes here. I'm going to definitely try it on the one with ray tracing and see if I visually see a huge difference. I've not been impressed with anything I've really seen on the new Xboxes with ray tracing. It's just not like, you know, where, where you'd expect it to be like a night and day difference. Um, I'm hoping this will be. Another thing they're going to do is uh, apartments. You can rent apartments with a one-time fee. And they've got four different ones. Uh, and then you can start cu uh, customizing V's apartment in that building. So there's quite a few things that, that, that I think that's kind of more towards that role playing, getting places to stay because that's what they use in role play, getting people to stay in the game and run around and do things. G G they have a perfect example is GTA. Then appearance I, customization, they're adding some more things for that. Go ahead. I want to I stop on the apartment thing real quick. That would have yeah. been something so easy to do day one to it implement been, yeah to be, have a to huge implement. city <laughs> yeah and and why you not have this, more places to stay yeah. and so it, there's gonna be there was literally your your i think it was the apartment yeah the apartment that you wake up in every time you log into the game i think i think you when you log in you wake up i don't remember exactly it's been literally a year but the apartment you wake up in with the bed in the corner they now have four yeah. different apartments one in the watson district one in westbrook one in haywood and one in city center they're not all that expensive. The West, the Watson one is five thousand in-game currency, but this is this seems to be such a simple thing to do on day one. Why was this yeah. not done? And I'm not going to sit here and I, I don't want a I, Monday I morning they, quarterback. They, but this is just yeah. it's stupid bullshit that could have been done when I paid sixty dollars for a title that had been in development for over five and serious development for over five years. I, it's, this is why people need to quit. They need to stop announcing these titles before. And wait until they do a poll like GTA. You want to know why we don't have all these issues with GTA? Because they don't announce it to the things about done. We don't know anything about like GTA. 90. We don't know anything about it. They're not mm -hmm. promising a single thing. They're not giving us any hints. The only things we see are random leaks that come out here and there. And, who and then they're like, here's the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're like, here's the game. You get the game. And you know what? We can't complain because we didn't have any expectations coming into it. All these other companies give you so many expectations. They show you so many screenshots, videos, everything coming up to it. And the, the videos are nothing like the actual gameplay in this situation on day one. Uh, because you saw the, the, the videos and then you'd see screenshots of people showing what was supposed to be the same thing. And faces were all contorted and melting. And I'd see objects floating in the air random places. I think they ran out of time. They didn't get to finish it and bug test. And they only fixed the major bugs that would make it mostly run. They didn't even get all those. I think this is what, if they would have done it properly and taken the time and not pushed themselves to get it released by a certain day, I bet you this would have been the day one release. I Here's bet you the this thing, is their though. list of things. And that's probably why they're treating it like a day one release with their video. Here's the thing. Not only was this not done on launch, this game had already been delayed two or three times ahead of its December yep. 2020 launch. Now, let's be honest, Brian. It obviously appears that they needed a whole another year for development. So I, yeah, you know, part of me wonders. I think I think part of it's code. I mean, we year? had COVID, which kind of delayed and caused weird issues. I mean, there was a few things that they could have used as an excuse. But you know what? If you think that you're struggling to develop this because of changes in the environment and what's happening, then say, hey, due to this, just like some other companies did, we're going to delay this until we think it's ready. 
We'll set an, an announcement date once we know that we don't have to reset it again. That's what I would say. Quit setting a date, quit changing it. Wait until you know, okay, we're just putting in graphical enhancements. All the, it runs, may not look exactly how we want visually, but you know what? It runs and it doesn't crash and it does all these things. Okay, set the date. Then let's use that to fix as many of the visual glitches as you can and then continue patching Here, after release. Here's an example. I just saw this on Twitter. Here's an example. Left is day one. Right is right yeah. now. This is a pond that yeah. we're looking at or some sort of water source. Yeah. When you shoot into the water on day one, nothing happens. The bullet, there's no ripple. There's no indication you're even hitting the water. It is so disappointing to me that this product mm -hmm. on the left was sold for $60. And I don't, I don't want to sit here and rehash the show from 14 months ago, but this is such a simple thing. There's water all throughout I know. the game. I, I, made a system, I made a system that did this in Unreal Engine that did this identical thing. This is not a complicated so task. I, I understand. Well, depending on their engine, how hard they've made it for themselves. It could be a very complicated task. Yeah, but, but whose fault but, is that? That's their fault for making the engine that complicated. I, I, don't, I don't think it is. No. Engine, you could do that in an afternoon, you know, but you would have to do some work to get it on all the, the meshes. But you could do something like that in Unreal Engine in an afternoon. Now, for them, I don't know how long it would take exactly because I don't know how much how dif difficult it is in their environment. But, you know, it should have been in there. I just think they ran out of time. It should. I think it was on somebody's list, but you know what? There were things before it that were game-breaking that I think they had to do, and all that stuff got left off, and they never got to it before release day. And so you have no water effects, you know, impact effects. You have no, you had half the AI wasn't working. You, I mean, cars were driving into each other and causing mass pileups and flying off the map. I mean, the thing was just a disaster. They should have delayed it. And then I think today people would have viewed it, even though they would have been mad about the delay, like they always are, People would have viewed it so much more in a positive light. I think now, if the thing would have been released six months ago, perhaps let's say let's so, give it like that they six months ago, I got it to a state where they felt like it was ready. Yeah. So let's jump back to this. Um, let's jump back to this to this chart real quick. Um, one of the big things on here, Brian, is improved crowd reactions. Now, the last gen yes. consoles are not getting this, but this is something that was always big in GTA and something that was always big mm -hmm. in. Um, uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption, this and Skyrim, the, the crowd reaction yep. in GTA when you pull a gun out on the street, just pull it out, don't even shoot it. You have people in the crowd that go, "Oh my god!" and they start running throughout the road. It's you know, that, that that's a big thing. That was not very well done and implemented uh, day mm -hmm. one. So that's been updated for all of the systems, uh, of course, including PC, PS5, Xbox Series S, and X. Um, spatial yep. headphone audio is going to be coming to everything now besides the PS4. Um, various visual quality improvements coming to every system besides the PS4 and Xbox One. Um, and I think you pretty much highlighted everything else. So here's my million-dollar question for you, Mr. Brian. Is yeah. this enough, or is the damage already done for Cyberpunk 2077 is it damaged goods? Will people jump back into Night City? Your thoughts? Um, okay, so they did add some new quests in here. So yep. they, they are trying to give incentive, something different to do. I think if they can get it to where they can kind of continuously feed quests and then fix the environment to where it feels like a real city because there's too many closed doors. If When you look at the city from the outside, like the shots they were showing us and we were seeing prior to really playing it, it just seemed like such a huge city. You see the flying craft, you know, for vehicles. I, I was never able to control one of those. There are no flying cars that I can, you know, I can get into one in a cutscene, but that's about it, right? Uh, I just think that if they can get it to where when you go in there, you can run around for two hours and the time went by like that. If they can get it with quests and things that happen in real time with crowd reactions and kind of spontaneous things happening and making it feel alive, then yeah, I think so. But when you go in there, if it still just feels like the AI is stupid, most of the buildings are closed. The only places you can really go are places that are your objectives, you know, the buildings you can enter. Then it, does, it doesn't feel as fun. And I think that that's what people are expecting in this day and age where, you know, looking at GTA 6 coming out, we're expecting that. We're expecting every door to be openable and every AI to have, you know, some sort of backstory, kind of like what they did with, Grand, uh, with uh, Red Dead Redemption. We didn't get anything near that with this. And so I think that, People were expecting that they got this, but they need to get it to where when people are playing, the 
the city because it's such a huge city with so much uh, character, I guess you could say. There's mm -hmm. so much they could do with it. There's so many interesting characters. I feel like they just didn't take advantage of giving you that feeling of, I want to go explore. Because what do you really want to explore? It doesn't feel like there's anything secret around the corner in this game. No, it, it, it absolutely does. With Red Dead Redemption, I felt like it with a new one. Man, I was exploring everything because I would just find things. And then there'd be a whole backstory for that well, character. I'm watching him. And here's the thing, though. I think, I think this was the struggle of this type of game. Red Dead Redemption is Wild West Cowboys. There's no sprawling yeah. cities. There's no sprawling sky rises. The quote-unquote biggest town has got, what, a dozen, you know, a dozen buildings at most that you can interact with? That's not well, because... okay, wait, there's one big city in the, that's a southern city in the, in the uh, lower right. That's a pretty big town. Other than oh, that, most of them you're, are... Yeah, there's one like right. big city in there. There is. The lower right, but other than that, they're not. But even that big city, you know, how the limit of things to interact with are, are of course, on a limited scope based on the era of the game. Yep. In this game, yep. they're trying to essentially make Blade Runner the video game in which yep. every building is 7,000 stories tall... And it's this mm -hmm. big metropolis of this, you know, this future where we have completely embraced technology and it controls every aspect of our life. So visually, that's what it has. That's the look. That's the style of cyberpunk. That's the Blade Runner style. Yep. But it's that's technically, but that's unrealistic from a technical standpoint. What are you going to do? Develop, you know, 50,000 buildings within this game to me. It's it's like. You wanted it to, it's expectations versus realities, Brian. You know, you yeah. expect the, you know, the client wants the the pretty looking horse and then it ends up looking like some stupid stick figure when you're all d said and done with it. And I think that was the problem is, yes, you have these sprawling skylines. Yes, you have these huge skyscrapers, but it's unrealistic yeah. to populate those. So now you run into the situation where you're running through the city and while, yes, it visually looks cool, nothing does anything. You know, there's a couple yeah. of big buildings and, that you can go into. There's a couple parking decks that you can go into. Some alleys that you can that you can do things in. But just based yep. on the scope and the scale, the game is already like 250 gigs. You know, what are they going to do? And it decentifies like exploration. That's the issue. It decentifies exploration because you never feel like there's something secret around the corner that you, a door you can open, something you can find. The game made it in a way to where you just never feel like that's going to happen. Where uh, I yeah. feel like some points they did with Red Dead Redemption, with characters especially. Uh, Big Woody Saw says it's like a Star Citizen having to work on server meshing so that every room and every building and every city is a different server. And that's that's just part of the struggle of a game this expansive. And Star Citizen deals with yep. the same thing is you can visually do it, but from a practical standpoint of developing a game, you can't there's not enough people there's not enough time unless you're going to do ai generation to populate all well, of those exactly. buildings and that's what i, I guess think, what needs I to think, be done is ai generation in the future exactly that's what i was going to say i think that for this type of a world that they were trying to pull off i mean to really take full advantage of it i think you have to do kind of what star citizen is, star citizen is doing and some of these other games where you use something like houdini and you're generating oh, that matrix one they just showed that matrix demo Remember that yeah. city, how each of the interiors were all furnished? That's how you do it. The engine that Cyberpunk is using is just not advanced, and they have to program in every little thing to do it. I, I, they're trying to catch up, and that's the problem I've always said since we've been doing the show about per private engines inside of companies. When you get distracted or you're between projects, you have long breaks between projects, you're out, your engine gets out of date. And they're struggling because there's so many advancements, ray tracing and all these things that they know how to have to program into their engine that they didn't have to before just to keep up with expectations. Plus, they have to make a game. Uh, I just think that it's going to have to be on something that has all these tools to where everything can be automated as much as possible to create a giant world that doesn't seem computer generated. And I think they, I think we're on the cusp of doing it where it could make us a building uh, populate every single interior have it to where you can go in and then put AI in every single interior that has their own storyline somehow. You could do that with AI and make something that's halfway realistic. I just think that there is going to be a game that comes out with that type of a thing where you just go and you feel like kind of like Second Life, right? Where you just go and you do whatever you want um, and the AI kind of adapts to you. That's going to be a super game. That would be the most office, awesome game I can think of. 
But you know what? I think technology-wise, we're still like 10 years before they can come up with, but probably before we start seeing something like that. I think in 10 years, though, the technology is right here, but I think it'll take, probably take 10 years for it to really develop. So the update is out now. It is on Steam yep. looking at my Q43 and a half gigabytes. So a very large update. Uh, it's literally yep. out on, on everything that's going on right now. Uh, just a real quick look before we move on, Brian, at the player count. Um, a little bit of a, a little bit of a jump uh, with this new update. Yep. About 18,000 people playing it right now. 20,000 to 24 hour peak, but obviously way down from where it was at the launch, which was just over a million players at one point or another, as uh, Cyberpunk is going to try and win some of this audience back. I uh, I will jump into it. I'll do set the update before I uh, go to bed tonight, have that install, and I will jump back into Cyberpunk. I'm pretty sure I remember where I am. I'll have to relearn the yeah. controls, but I'll jump back in and uh, uh, see how well, everything and i completed one of the storylines i wonder if it'd be worth starting a fresh one and just kind of going from the beginning now that i know first of all how the characters work how the uh you know adding i don't even remember what they're called anymore but the perks and all that um i i i think it would be beneficial for me to almost start over because then i know what i'm doing i would actually be upgrading my character in the time i'm supposed to and i'd probably see more places that i didn't see because i was staying and doing things too long you know for in one place for too long uh but i i enjoyed the game but i just felt like it wasn't it didn't keep my attention enough like gta did with the story the story didn't seem real to me it didn't pull me in i just you know that that kind of sucked i was hoping it'd be something that would pull me in and just keep me going because red dead did gta did with a lot of their games uh that kind of style i love playing but this one the, the story i think there was just too much disruption of the story not continuing they need to figure out how to make it the story continue where kind of like they did with GTA, you feel like the story continues when you get back on that quest and you're just, it's all natural. It, this just didn't feel natural. Well, you can check out all of the updates on uh, their website. You can head on over to infectionpodcast.com. We will have all of the latest details on that. All right. Uh, now that we got that out of the way, big update, big story there, Brian. Um, yeah. Where do we go next? All right. Well, First of all, let's talk. Uh, let's talk some things. Daybreak, because that's kind of sure. where our start was. Yeah, uh, you know they weren't called Daybreak at the time, but this is. Uh, there's been some news, and I, I think there's a little speculation here. Uh, so I figured out I do a couple separate articles, and then I think we can see a connection. So, uh, L- Lord of the Rings Online, right? That they have uh, activated a new website. It isn't Lord of the Rings Online. Doesn't Daybreak run that? Right. From what I remember, yes. they run mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings online. Yes, sir. Well, they uh, they have a whole new website. Uh, they're tweaking their 32 bit build. And then it was announced that the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit films and gaming rights are going to be auctioned. So I'm kind of curious. All of a sudden they have a new website um, and you know the, the rights to be able to make those kind of games are going to be auctioned. I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing some movement uh, and if this means anything for the Lords of the Rings online. Um, because they're still going strong. EverQuest is putting in 64-bit servers this week, finally. And they're going to have a 64-bit client next week. You know, So, I mean, that that's my very first online game I ever really played that was serious. Uh, and the thing's still going. This is 22 years later, I think. 20, 22, 23 years later. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so something's happening. We're just going to keep an eye on it. Uh, but I thought that was interesting if, if they're maybe going to make another game uh the timing of this it's just kind of strange that they're starting to tweak their site and change things right at the same time as there's an announcement that the rights for it uh are going to be auctioned so we will keep an eye on that they're keeping those games alive still which surprises me um let's talk a minute uh, about oh go ahead i'd like to talk about lost ark for a minute if that's all right Um, oh yeah for sure we covered a little bit about it last week it was scheduled to launch last thursday on the 11th and boy, yeah. was I, uh, you know, I was you know, doing my thing browsing Twitter as uh, I f- tend to do a lot. And this tweet came out last uh, Thursday morning at 11 o'clock, the day that, excuse me, last Friday, the day that the game was supposed to launch. And it says, unfortunately, due to a development issue, the launch is delayed. We hope to have this issue resolved in a matter of hours. Uh, your patience is appreciated. And we will keep you updated soon. That was from the official Play Lost Ark Twitter account. 
they did resolve the issue relatively soon. The game did come out on uh, Saturday, on the 12th, I believe is when it officially hit the uh, various stores. So a very last-minute technical delay, probably something to do server-related or network-related would be my guess, Brian, because they were able to resolve it so rapidly. I, I can't imagine it was anything but maybe issues with servers not spinning up, so they just had to delay and release the you know, delay the release because of that do you have any insight in, in what could cause a delay to last less than 24 hours uh it could have been dns i mean it could, it could, there could be some things you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah it could have been that they had to change dns and they're like well we got to change it and it'll take up to 24 hours to populate could be something stupid like that you know what i'm saying uh yeah there's there's those are the type of things where it's kind of out of your control you some things you can fast track and be like all right you know we can do it faster uh but with dns or something like that sometimes you just have to make a change there could have been something that they didn't do right or they needed to add more servers and that who knows um yeah. but I've, I've heard i've heard a lot of positive things about it as far as people that are playing it uh, there's a lot of players it's kind of an anime, more of an anime Japanese style game, which I'm not really into that whole style. I mean, I'm not going to judge the whole thing by that, but it it seems a pretty heavy anime kind of a feel. Um, and isn't it? It's like a is it like the 2D? Is that what they call it? It's kind of like a 2D side view, or it's a uh, weird. They call what they call that cell shading. Is not what that's 5D called? or something? Or, yeah. No, but like the the angle of it. It's like 2.5D where it's kind of locked. I'm trying to remember if that's where they lock you into that view where it's kind of at an angle. So yeah, um, I don't. I I just it it looks it looks like a, an interesting game. I don't know that I'll play it though, uh, but it is definitely a lot of people play. I don't know if you have the numbers for it, but there are quite uh, a few people. I do talk about that. I mean, <laughs> come on, Brian. Uh, they got about eight hundred and seventy-five thousand people playing right now. The twenty-four hour peak coming in at one point one one nine million, and the all-time peak the day that the game launched coming in at one point three two five million. Um, the Fact that now the game has only been out three days, so let's you know, manage yeah. expectations four days. Um, but the fact that right now there is nearly 900,000 people playing the game, which, by the way, puts it very securely yeah. in the top space of games that are being played on Steam right now is pretty good. I did look yeah. jump over to the Steam page, but I did notice something interesting, Brian. Out of all of the reviews, only 67 of them are positive. Now, this is only 71,000 reviews. The game's got 900,000 people playing right now. Earlier earlier today, they said there were more than 4.7 million new registered users in the West in just three days. So, I mean, they got a lot of players. So, the reviews do seem to be a bit mixed. I'm not going to read through any of them um, here some complaints about server transfers. Um, and Kotaku, of course, the big is complaining co- that the females feel a decade out of date because they're wearing short shorts. Are, are you, are you being serious? Kotaku's Kotaku's angry. Yes. They don't like, they, they don't like the depictions of the females uh, in lost Ark because they kind of look oh. like Laura Croft and tomb Raiders type of a look. They said the free to play action MMORPG forces women to wear heels and has gender locked classes. Oh, Whoa. Jesus Christ. No! <laughs> I can't believe I had to be a boy or a girl. Oh, oh my God. Wow. That is, uh, that's quite the headline there from Kotaku. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, thank Good you very Kotaku. much. I, pre- I appreciate oh, here, oh, that. Okay. I got one other, I guess. <laughs> this is the last quote. I think it's just the last quote. Of this. Oh, okay, well, this is the last quote of the section. It says, other players have pointed out how hard it is as a female character in Lost Ark to find clothing and armor. Actually, you know, cover your body which you know this is a japanese anime style game this is what you're you're applying american ideals you know especially kotaku american ideals to a japanese this is just how they do it i mean you can complain about it all day long uh but that's the style now well made not made you know they're but they're going with that style so they're matching it well brian if you need this is just how it kind of works in MMORPGs. Well, My wife and I were actually talking about this exact thing a couple days ago. If you need any more 
insight, Brian, this is the author of the article. If that doesn't greatly oh, well, okay, explain, this is their helps. Twitter picture. So, I mean, you know, nothing, nothing more, nothing better than terms of virtue signaling than that. But one of the big concerns in the reviews, and I think why the reviews are only at 67% positive right now, is servers, which unfortunately it doesn't seem to matter and it doesn't matter how well you are ready for your scale or for your launch. Yeah. The idea that you can handle 1 million people all trying to hit your server yeah. at the same time um, is just not the case. And MMO uh, uh, Massively Overpowered, uh, MassivelyOP.com has a uh, has an update on this. And they say that Lost Ark promises to manage server limits and queues as over 1 million players arrive for the free-to-play free to launch. It says the devs at Amazon Games have released an additional update on that matter, promising that the team is, quote, carefully lifting character creation limits on servers to allow, to allow new players to join servers that they may have not been able to previously, and that they're closely monitoring server populations and queue times so that these character creation limits may return as queues begin to grow. They do note that yeah. server caps change frequently, so players are being asked to restart their client see updated server information. One of the other big concerns, Brian, is no server transfers in the game right yeah. now. Um, I, I don't know if that is something they intend on adding, um, but that seems to be one of the... Uh, and scrolling through some of the reviews uh, before the show, it seemed to be complaints about issues getting on and then a big complaint about server transfers. You know, if you want to go yeah. and team up with your buddies, you're Unless you're going to create a new character, you have no way to do that as of yep. right now. Yep. And I, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to even bother trying to play this game at all. It, it looks like it's a, an MMR, MMORPG that is it going to be a time sink. Uh, I think if I'm going to play an MMORPG, I'd probably play one of the other ones. But I think it seems like they're just kind of tossing out a number of styles, tossing out a number of different types, trying to see what sticks, You know, see what people take to. Because if they can get this, Tons of people keep playing it. Keep this one going. You know, uh, uh, roll out, roll down New World and kind of start phasing that one out slowly over time. Less servers, which is what they're exactly... We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but I think that's where this is going. Um, where either they're they're just putting out a number of these because they want to do something that's going to compete with like WoW or really WoW. I mean, there's still not an MMORPG out there that really competes in the same space that's taking the cake. And that game is so old. I think that they're just feeling like if they can get that. And plus, everybody's kind of evacuating. Wow. Blizzard. Those type of things. Now, I think <laughs> yeah, they're hoping to grab those one. prior to maybe Microsoft fixing some things in it in a year here and getting people to start coming back or putting it on the Game Pass. And all of a sudden, you have tons of people playing. Wow. That's going to kill your chances. So they have a year here to really kind of figure out what works. You know, if they can get those people and they'll transition from all the people that have, feel like they've lost their MMORPG home. Well, if you do feel that you have lost your MMORPG home, I'll remind you that Lost Ark is free to play, a free-to-play MMO. Yep. Uh, it is available on Steam or on uh, the Amazon game website, so you can go ahead and check that out. This is arguably one of the coolest stories that, Brian, that we have probably ever covered after nearly 370 episodes of this show. We've covered a lot about yeah. the Steam Deck. It is starting to ship out to people. They are getting their hands on them. Yep. Videos making their way online, articles. This is absolutely astonishing. A report out that Valve is going to be partnering with a company known as iFixit, which makes those, which makes uh, computer and small device, phone and tablet screwdrivers, pry tools, yeah. guides on taking these devices apart. Valve they is do really good videos. They do. They do phenomenal videos. Valve is actually going to partner with them to sell Steam Deck replacement parts. So Valve is fully embracing the idea that not only is this your device if you're going to spend $400 on it, but because it's your device, yeah, you're if something right. goes wrong, maybe you've got a problem <laughs> with a, with a component and it's out of warranty. Brian, maybe you spill water and, and completely destroy one of your joysticks. Well, instead yep. of having a 400-pound paperweight on your hands, looks like you'll be able to go to iFixit, potentially, and buy some of these parts with guides verified by Valve to do these replacements. This, yep. is, this is phenomenal. 
the joysticks well, are removable look, with no soldering. Can, you can do the whole th uh, disassembly with just a Phillips screwdriver. Can you pull up that, screen, that X-ray that they have of it? Because I think that well, that's really important because it kind of shows how they built it. Yeah. And you can tell it's very modular. Uh, I think if PlayStation, if Sony would have made this, if some other companies would have made this, they would have made it to where there's one main board along the whole bottom, you know, a main motherboard that then everything is pretty much put into, where it makes it very difficult to to fix and replace. Here, it sounds like they're, they've made it modular, and then they'll have parts to where, okay, my my fan has gone out. I can easily change out that fan with a couple of bolts, you know, getting the back end off. They've got boards here that are doing each. You can tell there's the main processor board. There's drives. There's a couple different things in here. I, I think that is something that will be fairly easy to fix. It doesn't look like anything's too crazy or glued down in there. So that gives me a lot of hope. Just that x-ray alone gives me a lot of hope that it's kind of like fixing a laptop. I mean, it yeah. is. you can't fix most modern laptops and they have parts that you can pull out and do a lot of stuff like that. I think they treated it like that. Yeah, and I did, I did note... Um or rather they note in this article that the joysticks are removable with no soldering. So you're not going to have to desolder. So if your joystick has a problem, you can do that. The entire assembly is with a Phillips screwdriver and a plastic sponger, uh, splunger to you know, pull the screen off. The components yeah. are labeled particularly well, which makes reassembly a lot easier. Um, and replacing the battery is technically possible. While it's not the easiest thing in the world, it is technically possible I think it was a gamers nexus video that I watched where he did a full takedown of it and a full teardown of the device, or at least a pretty close to a full teardown to do some thermal testing. And even he was unbelievably shocked with how this yeah. device was set up and how everything was labeled on the PCB. It would say what it was that was, and that Brian, this is just not common when we're having this argument yeah. over right to repair and companies saying, Oh yep. yeah. Oh, you know, you bought a $1,500 phone. Oh, you want to repla replace the battery? Oh, fuck you. How about that? Uh, that's yeah. a pretty good solution. Meanwhile, Valve's <laughs> well, over here selling a $400 device, and they're not only encouraging people to repair stuff, they're going to sell the parts themselves to do it. That's phenomenal. Yep. And that's one big difference. I mean, even in the cell phone market, like this is a OnePlus. I noticed a huge difference in the OnePlus versus like... There's one where I had a battery explode. The wife, my wife's probably told you the story when we were in Vegas or something. But the thing was glued together. It was a Samsung. And they mm -hmm. literally glued everything inside together so you could not repair it. Then you go to a OnePlus where the parts are separate. You can pull all the screen out. You can pull the boards out. You can pull everything apart fairly easily in this and put it back together. Looking at the way that that x-ray looks, I, it looks like that's exactly how they made it. And that makes me happy. Uh, J-Rock in chat, he says, yeah, it looks nice to see the screws on the x-ray gives some hope for repair. They definitely made it with repair in mind, and I think that that should be the standard going forward. Hopefully, people seeing, hey, oh, I can actually change out parts on this. It's built for me to keep, you know, and not throw away or, you know, because what warranty is still active when you want to have this thing fixed? So I just, I think that this is uh, hopefully the kind of the standard, and I wanted it to where you own your games, and I want it to where you own your hardware when you uh when you go and pick them up from the store and i think that this this device hopefully is the step that kind of gets it to more of an open platform because that's been something that i think is becoming a bigger issue that we're going to be running into is all these closed platforms yeah and this is yeah valve doesn't often valve doesn't often make big news because let's be honest they don't really do a whole hell of a lot they're a marketplace for video games they do it very well, and they're not yep. a big. There's not a lot of bombastic news out of it. They yeah, they've kind of tiptoed into the gaming market with a couple of. They released that yep. card game a couple of years ago, but this Brian really does set a a, a big standard. We're not talking about some yep. you know one-off Chinese company that's you know importing some devices like the Neo whatever it's called the the, the mm -hmm. not the Neo Geo but the. Uh, the Neo, Annie Neo, or whatever it is, into the into the U.S. market and trying to flood it. This is a consumer yeah. device targeted very specifically for a subset of the gaming industry with this modularity, this right to repair. And Brian, in the future, what about updating the GPU and CPU? If this thing gets out yeah. of date, you have the base unit, and maybe you spend $150 on upgrading the description. Well, it's, it's the same unit. It's that AMD 
uh, unit mm-hmm. with the discriminate GPU built into it. The, look, some of this stuff looks like it's completely possible. And this device well, is and if you look at have huge modding support. And with this, it's going to be 10 times better than we even Well, saw. and pull up that image because you can see exactly where the CPU is. And that board, so you can see the main fan in the center. And then yeah. there's a copper, uh, kind of like a flattened copper tube that was like a hollowed tube that's flattened that's going from that carrying, and it's got you know kind of like an air channel in it. That's going to the CPU. Uh, yeah. So that's transferring that heat to the fan and drawing the heat out. Well, that board, you can see there's that square board. That's pretty much the motherboard right there. That's the right of that fan up and down. Um, replace that board and you could have a very different unit. You know, if they made it modular enough to where you can just swap out that board, that's a whole nother CPU. That's a whole nother platform. They could make it to where you can keep upgrading this. You could have it to where you can swap out the screen. And if there's something better, clear, fast, you know, better in how it displays and more accurately or brighter, then they could easily do that if they made this modular. Uh, it, it, and with all those screws, it looks like they did. I would rather see where instead of us replacing the whole, because I can't imagine trying to take apart my, uh, you know my my other little portable gaming device. I mean, my Switch. I, it would probably void the warranty immediately. I mean, it's, those things are not made to take apart, not made in any way to upgrade or or to customize in any way. With this, if they wanted to, you could have aftermarket parts or stuff because they they're not tied to the device. That's the thing. This is an example of a device that a manufacturer could emulate and make another one similar similar to this and have it have the exact same software. So they don't care if you. You know, they're not as tied to making sure no one else does anything like it. They're saying, make something like this. They're telling you to. Well, so I think it's cool. I think this this hopefully will be the way that if they create an, an example and people really adapt to it, it's going to be hard to go back when you realize, oh, I got the switch and the thing, you know, if it breaks, I'm done. Well, with this, you can keep upgrading it and carrying it with you. That's a key thing to know. And we haven't really covered it in the recent weeks. The idea with the Steam Deck is they're going to make that OS available to other hardware manufacturers yes. to make so their they own can make devices. Well, and, and so and if one so, wanted to make a stupider modular version, they could. Or where, on even the, if, you know, and there's your the, CPU upgrade. You know what I'm on the flip side, if a company wanted to come in and make one of these devices for $199 that isn't modular, where everything is soldered to the PCB and doesn't have some of those features, they could do that same thing and you know what you're getting. Okay. They'll have the same thing. It'll have yeah. the same features. It may just yes. not do them as well. Yeah. It, because it's cheaper to mass produce it without that modularity and have things soldered. So this is, this is going to be very interesting to see um how this all folds out once more people get this thing into their hands yeah but the fact that valve is already the device isn't even fully available yet and they're already embracing not only the third party community but the right to repair community is absolutely phenomenal they need to be commended for those efforts for sure yeah all right um well let's talk really quickly so do you want to talk some microsoft news before we roll on out of here or do you have a preference i have uh steamrolled you on topics today so whatever you'd like to talk about i'll throw to you okay we got this all right um so first of all let me uh let me make a few mentions uh factorio they're having a uh, new expansion come out i'm wondering are they going to have a sale like mostly usually when you put out a dlc you have a sale (laughs) i've been waiting to buy this game yeah they said they're never putting on sale i said the day they put it on sale i will buy the game they're getting ready to do an expansion of the game that they say is larger than the main game. If they don't put this thing on sale, I'm going to be so annoyed because uh, I just I'm not going to pay full price for this game, you know. And especially now they're going to make you full price plus the DLC. Give me a discount with the DLC. There we go. There you go. Sale. Sale achieved, ladies and gentlemen. We did. Then it. then 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 I'll have my <laughs> sale and I'll, I'll not be breaking my promise to myself. There you go. <laughs> because that's the only reason I'm doing it. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and talk. And one thing other. Uh, Nvidia, I'm just going through some of the things I want to mention, is now worth more than Meta, which is Facebook's parent company. Nvidia is be now right. because Meta, Meta just tanked. Did you see in the last couple of days what their stock prices did? No. Or I the last week? Meta's stock price has gone in half, like at least half, with some things happening. They they have tanked on stock price. Nvidia is now, I think, number seven as far as like overall or something like that. Uh they have they have passed them. So I was kind of surprised about that because you don't think NVIDIA, I mean, of course, they're pumping out video cards and everything like crazy, but 
Oh yeah, it's you're now right. worth yeah. more than Meta. Their, their stock was at three hundred and twenty-three dollars in early February. It's now trading at two hundred and twenty-one. I mean, it's lost literally a hundred dollars. Over thirty percent, yeah, over thirty yeah, percent of their shocking. market hmm. value. I, that I did not. So know. that that's that's happening. I thought people might find that interesting. All right, let's talk Microsoft here really quick. Sure. Uh, one thing that's kind of related to some things we we're just talking about is they're trying to come up with some standards that they're going to follow when it comes to their app stores, because you know, buying these companies, you then see uh, Sony buying some companies and we're getting, okay, who's going to get exclusive? Who's, who's not. And so, uh, they, but ahead of regulation and things, Microsoft has kind of made a, a set of standards principles that they're going to follow. So I wanted to cover a few of these. First of all, accountability, quality, safety, security, and privacy. You know, they're going through some standard ones here. Um, they're going to say, we will enable all developers to access our app store as long as they meet reasonable and transparent standards for quality and safety. Uh, so they're not going to be, you know, that, that's actually something bigger that I think than you realize, uh, not for politics. Now they could still squeeze politics under safety because they love to do that somehow. Um, but, you know, they're saying that as long as you meet the standards and safety qualities, you know, of that, you'll be able to be on this app store. Mm-hmm. Which is totally in, in a reference to probably some of the regulation that might be coming because of the very disingenuous things that they did with a lot of people and ha- not just Microsoft. I'm talking Google, Apple, a lot of these places that were very selective or were removing people from the store based on the politics that, you know, just because they didn't vote for the person they thought they should. Yeah. That shouldn't be happening in a, in a free market like this. Um, they said, we'll continue to protect our, the consumers and gamers who use our app store, ensuring the developers meet our standards for security. Uh, we'll continue to respect the privacy of consumers and our app stores, giving them control to manage their data and how it's used. So giving a little more granularity on uh, what marketing data, things like that. So then the accountability will be hold our, our own apps to the same standards as we hold competing apps. Okay. We will not use any public, non-public information or data from our app store to compete with developers' apps. This is a big issue. Google's been running into this where... Uh, they're using information that only they have access to because of their placement in the market to then have uh, an advantage. You can uh, argue whether or not that's fair or not, you know, but uh, they're going to try to make it to where their insider information, I mean, they have government contracts. They've got all kinds of stuff that could be considered insider yeah. information. So they're going to try to keep that. They're, they say they're not going to, but honestly, you know, you can't guarantee that's not going to happen, but they're going to do their best to make that not happen. Fairness and transparency, they're going to treat apps equally in our app store without unreasonable preferencing or ranking of our apps or our business partners. That is huge. Apple does this huge a ton. Google does this a ton. All those things you see on the front store are hand curated. And oh, absolutely. They said that this is going to be what you, you know, they did it. Well, I know because they did it with our extension when for Google Plus that we made. Hangout Canopy. We were on the front page of the of the Google Chrome Hang uh, App Store for that, and it, it was all worked out beforehand, and everything was done a certain way. Like it is definitely there are only certain apps, and if you remember, what's that app uh, where it's like the jump scare game, uh, the where you're the night watch in the Slenderman, like, like stuffed bears. No, there's like the stuffed animals that are trying to get oh, you. Uh, you're talking about uh, Friday, Friday Night at Freddy's. Friday Night at Freddy's, yeah, yeah, that uh, <laughs> that one. Because the developer said he voted for Trump, started getting so much, so much uh, pressure. They started pulling his games from things uh, because of, you know, the people did not feel safe. Come on. Now, if you can stop that BS from happening, there you go. Because that's not fair. Is that fair to that guy just because he voted for the current, what was the current president of the United States? You're pulling him from your app store? That is fair. I mean, well, that's the kind of stuff that's been happening. Yeah, it needs to be taught his lesson for executing his right to vote. Yes, we will be transparent <laughs> about rules for promotion and marketing in our app store and apply these consistently and objectively. They're stating the things that have not been happening. They are saying we're going to start doing these things. These things have not been happening. We have had the weirdest because of election and politics. I've never seen anything like this where companies are saying half of america is, is the enemy mm-hmm. they, they, they may be not seeing it in those words but when you say you don't have the right to be on our app store because of, of you believe you, you voted for our current president of the united states 
That is insane. Insanity. And they pass it off as normal. I mean, come on. Anyways, let's, let's keep going. Uh, we will not require developers or app store to use our payment system to process in-app payments. Boom. There's an answer to the whole uh, Epic versus Apple versus, you know, whoever else they wanted to. You don't have to use a, a required payment vendor in their app store. That's what that whole trial is started on. Now, that's huge. So they're setting a standard for their marketplace where these these companies, if they want to make money and do the all these little in-app purchases, that's not costing uh, Microsoft or Google or Apple a bunch more money, usually, depending on how they're doing it, to have all those things in the game. Yet, they're taking 30% of a virtual item that's only in that game. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Odd. Uh, and yeah. I don't think it, we've discussed that plenty. Uh, we will not require developers in our app store to provide more favorable terms in our app store than in other app stores, which is exactly okay. what Google does. They say you have to do certain things. That's why uh, various things have been pulled from their platform because they put uh, Roku, for instance, they put all these stipulations on their app. We want special uh, treatment. We want special things to be done for our Google uh, YouTube app. No, everybody's equal. It doesn't matter how big you are. Uh, we will not disadvantage developers if they choose to use a payment processing system other than ours. If they offer different terms and conditions in other app store, or if they offer different terms and conditions in other app stores. What you do in our marketplace is your business. It's our business together. What you do in other marketplaces is not our business. If you want to sell it for half price there, sell it for half price there. If you want to double the price there, just double the price there. Uh, it doesn't matter. And it says we will not prevent developers from communicating directly with their customers through their apps for legitimate business purposes, such as pricing terms and products or service offerings. Okay, it sounds normal. Um, they will continue to enable developers to choose whether they want to deliver their apps for Windows through our app store or someone else's store or sideloaded directly from the internet. Um, I mean, uh, we will not, we will continue to give developers timely access to information interoperability, and we'll continue to, we'll enable Windows users to use alternative app stores and third-party third apps included by changing default settings in appropriate categories. So they're not locking you into the Windows store. Gotcha. This is very, I mean, this is, this sounds fair. As long as they stick to this, this sounds, I wish all of them did this. If all of them came out with this, I, it, we would have a night and day difference, I think, in our app stores. And agree. what developers are doing in those app stores. Completely agree. So That's good stuff. this is a standard. They've said it. I think it's great. This is what people I think have been asking for. Uh, oh, it, absolutely. It, makes, it gives the developers a ton more flexibility to where, you know, because for some things, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't take resources. The 30% fee does not make sense on some of those items. It just doesn't. If it's something that is something to, for the main purchase of the game, great. Lock that in there. Get, put some restrictions on how they do that if you want. But it sounds like they're just, they know they're going to make money. I'm 30. sure there'll be some people that kind of game the system a little bit more than others. But really, the person who bought the game, what, how are you gaming the system? They purchased the game already. It doesn't matter 30, what they do with it afterwards. 30% on a $4 DLC is a very tough burden and a very tough situation yeah. to, to, to deal with. Or as even a, a virtual developer. item. Like, is, yeah. you know, a, a, a yeah. fake, a fake, you know, wristband, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what you're getting. To charge 30% on a virtual item that costs no money physically other than the development of it, you know, and, and once they're doing it, there's no actual cost other than the fees and selling it. Um, that just doesn't make any sense that you're locking them into that 30% fee on every single one of those items. It's just, uh, this is going to make people race to here. I think that you're going to see something very similar, at least a statement probably by Epic, um, saving some very similar things. You know, they have a different kind of a marketplace, but I, I think. You'll see Epic, which was probably already doing a lot of this. Uh, you'll see these guys. What about the other two? Are we going to see it? I I don't have any confidence. I can't imagine Google really bending other than what they have to do. And I don't really see Apple bending other than what they have to do because of the court. And they're already fighting that. So obviously yeah. they don't like the they don't like this because this is what the court's telling them to do. Is some of this is pretty much what they came to offer alternate payment system. They hate that. They're trying to reverse it. Well, Microsoft fully embraced it and says, I think they'll be very successful for it. No, oh, and it'll be interesting to see if some of that attitude and mentality shifts the whole narrative and the whole policy for everybody else, yep. uh, potentially. All right, Brian, yep. we are a, a little over time, so I'll uh, ask you to uh, let our wonderful audience know where they can find you on the internet. 
yeah, if you want to find me at Brian Aldridge on Gab Parlor and Getter, and of course my blog biteoftech.com and, and that's uh, with an I, of course. And then if you go to infectionpodcast.com, just go to the upper right hand side, join our server on Discord. If you want to submit news topics, you want to communicate with any of us, uh, want to meet some of the other people that watch and uh, interact with the podcast, or maybe you want to play some ARC or something like that. Just join. It's a free app, web-based app, desktop app, mobile app, really easy to use. If you want to watch the show live, you can do that through Twitch, YouTube, BitChute, and DLive. Uh, now we do those live and have recordings after the fact. So that's one way to get it. Uh, if you want to listen to the show, we can't do that uh, because during the live show, but you can do that if you, uh, if you go and uh, listen to it after the fact, the lower right-hand side. Uh, Nick, you're showing, you got something else going here. Oh, I see that. On the yes. screen. <laughs> uh, but, and then if you go to uh, the particular episode, you know, while you're listening, you can see all the different links and, and notes that we, uh, we refer to throughout the episode, and then you can listen and follow along. So I encourage you to do that, and you'll get a lot more out of the show. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, uh, wow. This, the news that we've been hearing lately, I think I'm really excited to kind of see where everything's going, and, uh, and we'll see with, with some of this game store stuff. I think it's kind of interesting to see that fight where you now have a line in the sand where you've got Apple and, and Google on one side and you got Microsoft and, and uh, Epic on the other. I think we're in for some interesting news in the coming year. I feel like uh, maybe we're, well, it's before my time, but I've seen the videos of the uh, 1980s and 1990s uh, tag team wrestling matches, Brian. Will you all oh, have, yeah. uh, you know, get, get, them all, get them all in the ring and uh, obviously all of them, you know, Goliaths in their, in their industries yep. um, and to see if just the, for lack of a better term, peer pressure uh can yep. force and change some of that big boys are doing it you're gonna follow yeah. suit i mean epic and epic and uh microsoft are the are two of the big boys in in this whole mark this whole scene yeah uh, we know Google, they, and they, we know they don't like to bend no they don't but we know how bad pr can look and does look when it oh, gets yeah. to a certain level and i'm confident that all of everybody everybody is patiently awaiting and watching that and then the same thing you can bring it over to the conversation about Valve and the right to repair and the usability of the Steam Deck. It's the same thing. I think it puts. We need to own our things again. We don't yeah. own our things. It's it's so yeah. frustrating. Absolutely. Well, uh, Brian, as always, uh, thank you very much. Appreciate uh, your time, and we will see yeah, you, you next Tuesday for episode three hundred and seventy-one. All right, folks. Thank you for joining us as well. As uh, Brian mentioned, you can check out his socials and uh, stuff. You can visit mine as well by heading on over to my website, nickcraig.com or nickcraig.net. If you missed any portion of today's show, if you want to check out that cyberpunk trailer or the TLDR on all of their updates for their 1.5 update, head on over to our website, infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.